Hello, and welcome to the Interrobang Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Theodore, and I have someone here I think you're really going to want to meet. Welcome back to the show. We have a great guest coming up, but first, here's a look at what's making news at Fanshawe this week. Set your dials because Fanshawe is racing to a TV screen near you. Yes, next Tuesday, Fanshawe will be the site of the latest episode of The Amazing Grace Canada. We don't know much right now, but what we can tell you is that back in early spring, an email was sent to film and TV students calling for help on the crew. One of our very own FSU videographers answered the call and was there on set when the show was here to film back in May. We know that much of the episode was shot at Fanshawe's Aviation School just down the road from our main campus. But if you want to see it, you'll have to tune in to CTV on Tuesday, August 16th at 9 p.m. New funding is helping hairstylist students navigate the certification process. Funding was recently awarded to the Ontario Professional Hairstylist Association in order to support both hairstyling apprentices and mentors. One of the ways OPHA plans on supporting hairstylists is OPHA Connect, an online resource platform that over 35,000 Ontario hairstylists will be able to access. The program's modules will guide mentors and apprentices through the certification process. Coordinator of the hairstylist program at Fanshawe College, Debbie Renault, says the process can be confusing and has hopes that the new program will help take the guesswork out of it. You can read more about this story right now on our website. Last week's hunger strike outside City Hall came to an end after four long, hot days. Reps from the Forgotten 519 and the City of London met for two days to come up with a plan to support the city's most vulnerable. Meanwhile, Dan Outsorn camped in a tent nearby, consuming only water, electrolytes, and necessary medication. Outsorn said he lost nearly 10 pounds in the four days the strike lasted. The city and homelessness advocates reached an agreement late Friday afternoon, and you can read all the details right now on our website. show with me this week is the latest addition to the Interrobang team. We're thrilled to have a new full-time multimedia reporter on our team and even more excited to welcome them to the Interrobang podcast for the first time. They're a graduate of Fanshawe College, a Southwestern Ontario native-ish, and our guest today. They are your new multimedia reporter here at the Interrobang. Ben Harrietha, welcome to the Interrobang podcast. Glad to be here. Thank I've you been super so excited. Yes. Thank you for joining us on the show. I mean, you're into like your second week here now with us. How has it been going so far? Uh, awfully. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been nothing but great. Uh, great job. I love working here. Like it's like genuinely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm you're all excited. You have your own desk here now, um, like your own little setup. The office is feeling very full now too, which is just, it's nice for me because it's been quiet the last couple years. No, I imagine because we got like, it was like three new hires the day I started yeah. or something like that. So it just a bunch of spots just filled up. Uh, but I'm very excited about having my own desk. I've never had a job where I've got my own desk. Yeah. So that's like really cool to have my own space. It's it's a trip. I remember when I when I got my office for the first time, I was just, I took like so many selfies with my name on the door because I just thought that's like the coolest thing that has ever happened to me. Um, that's it. But, Is, isn't yeah. that your Twitter profile picture? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna like ride that club forever. Um. So for anyone who doesn't know, can you kind of like let the people know 
how you got here. What's your journey up to this point in terms of like your journalism career? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, I went into college right after high school. Uh, I was 17, moved to London and I was actually in computer science at first, uh, because that's just what I had done in high school. So I was like, you know what, we're going to do computer science. It's a good career pays well, whole nine yards, but, uh, I ended up not really liking it. Um, and I had always wanted to talk like, like do journalism in some form or at the very least, like maybe like I wanted to talk about like entertainment stuff. And I was like, you know, journalism is probably a good way to get around that. And so I, uh, dropped out of the computer science program after a semester and a half, um, right when COVID started actually, and went into journalism the following September. Uh, my parents were less than pleased. <laughs> I'll put it that way uh, because, you know, it's a big career change and uh, one with slightly less job opportunities, I'd say, than computer science. But I did that. I did the two-year program at Fanshawe and I loved it. It was great. Like nothing. It was, it was probably the best schooling experience I ever had. And then I graduated this year back in June. Yep. I believe it was June around there. And uh, and then I was just working a minimum wage job for a bit. And now here we are. I applied for this job, interviewed all that nonsense, and here we are. So That's amazing. Yeah, no, the, uh, the broadcast program at the college here, and I went through the same program as well. I don't think there's like anything that could prepare you better for like this line of work, truly. No, totally. It like, there was so much stuff because in between uh, graduating and getting this job. I also did an internship with city news, which was totally different than what I'm doing for Interobank at the mm. moment for city news. I was literally just writing copy stories for on air. That yeah. Was it. Right. Right. Uh, and occasionally voicing stories, but like, I was still prepped for that. But like, now that I'm doing like multimedia reporting, I'm also still prepped for that. Like I know what I'm doing here as well. Yeah. That's the thing is like, it, it is like a different style of writing but ultimately the goal is the same, right? Like relaying information in the clearest way possible, whether you're doing it for broadcast or for print. No, totally. Yeah. And you'll get a bit of both here, I think for sure. And the, it's nice. I, we kind of, you've started right away with like some really interesting columns on our website. Uh, and the first article you wrote for us had to do with like Gen Z and 2000s nostalgia. Was this just something that was like on your mind recently? Did you notice this phenomenon? Uh, so I have noticed it a little bit, like, obviously my, I I'm 2001, mm. um, 20, my sister is, she just turned 19 actually like a couple of days ago. But, uh, so she's very much into that sort of TikTok social media age. And so I obviously noticed it with her and honestly it was, I think Zoe was doing the article on the OC. Yeah, there were some conversations about the OC, I think, was the, what kickstarted was the, all this. Yeah, that was the kick, uh, that was the catalyst. And I was like, yeah. it was just kind of those two things got the gears turning and ended up being that, oh, you know, I could probably write something about how people are just like obsessed with the 2000s, specifically younger people. And like, I thought it was interesting because a lot of them like don't remember that time. Right. It, like, I feel like, like you just, you, you remember the vibes almost because you weren't you're like cognitive i think for most yeah. of that yeah like i don't i don't remember what was going on when i was like five yeah right 
Yeah, that's so. like that's kind of how I feel about the 90s. Like I was there um, for sure. But uh, it's very it's like very distant. I remember like certain visuals and maybe like the odd news story. But I was so young. Um, but I did really like I grew up in the 2000s. Um, so it's fascinating to kind of watch like people get into that era of media now. I think at the time and even today, like what I like about it is when you look back on it retrospectively, you can have that lens that's like maybe a little better uh, educated, maybe a little bit more like politically aware and socially aware, but you can still go back and like enjoy that content while also like critiquing it and being aware of the problems with it. Um, and that's definitely been my experience, like rewatching the OC uh, in the last couple of weeks and just like, wow, this, this, I loved this. And now I see all the things that were maybe not so great about it, but I still have a love for it, whether that's no. to do with nostalgia or, you know, the fact that it's still kind of a good show. Totally. Yeah. No, a lot of the shows, while they may have like their sort of uh, problematic uh, parts <laughs> to them, uh, still hold up decently well. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm always of the mind that uh, Seinfeld is one of the greatest sitcoms ever made. Totally. <laughs> uh, still holds up. And I, I'm of the mind that they could totally remake that show. They could take each of the characters and drop them into modern settings and it would still work. Yeah. Like Kramer would think up like some harebrained scheme of like renting out his apartment on Airbnb <laughs> and basically just living in his hallway. And, and, and he'd be like, be like, yo, Jerry, I'm making money hand over fist. And, and Jerry would be like, you're homeless, Kramer. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, like, even the fact that, like, like Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm, his view of the world is even, like, it, it makes even more sense in modern settings. And that, like, someone like George Costanza, you could just imagine him being so thoroughly disgusted by, like, modern social cultures and, like, the way that, like, you see this character who was, like, very much based off Larry David. And you can see how exactly how he would react by no, watching totally. something like Curb, you know? Exactly. I think I think George would be like a like a like a Tinder guy. Like he, <laughs> uh, like he just he'd be one of those guys who's just like on Tinder chronically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's when I went back and watched Seinfeld too. It's like that that just is the show. Is like Jerry and George just like cycling through with him. No, um, totally. You know, with like uh occasionally you know it, but what I like about it is that it does seem like for all of the like casual misogyny that maybe comes from that it does feel like they're always being put in their place you know and that like oh, they're yeah. not being they're not being rewarded for like the way that they treat and talk about women right no there's like never a moment when I when you're watching the show where you're like, no, Jerry and George are cool. <laughs> yeah. They're good like, dudes. <laughs> the, the show is always, it's a, it, I'd say the closest analog to that show nowadays is probably always sunny where you watch it and you're like, yeah, all of these people are just awful people. <laughs> totally. That's like, exactly they're just not good people. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's exactly the comparison I was thinking of is that like, you can have a show where everyone is a horrible person. Um, and that that's, that's the point and maybe it's okay. Right. Yeah, um, that maybe that's something that's like missing from our like current media dialogue, I think, is just that like, I won't watch this thing because this character is bad. Like, well, yeah, yeah they're supposed to be actually. <laughs> that's that's the point, right? Yeah. Like as long as I think as long as it's not like, you know, this character is leaning into like a kind of a 
negative gay stereotype. It's right. like, whatever. So what the character <laughs> maybe, you know, is it the greatest with this subject or whatever? That's it makes characters interesting, you know. Yeah. Always Sunny sure. is a funny show because <laughs> the characters are like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, too, something that I became aware of in the last couple of years too is like watch how characters are treated for their like actions and for the way that they behave. Um, if you're looking at like a, a truly like misogynistic piece of media, men are being like uplifted. I could think of like, you know, like the dudes in like American Pie or something, you know, they're not, they're not being punished for being gross right no. in, in in many ways it's being celebrated versus like if you're watching a piece of media that knows that its characters are and they're not being rewarded for that behavior whether like the episode ends with them alone or having to own up to what they've done or something and i think it's always sunny is is good for that like those those characters are not thriving in any way <laughs> no none, none whatsoever <laughs> So. Like, like at most, at most, like Mac is like probably the character that is at his best point, I would say, in the recent seasons. But even then, yeah, that's a bit of a stretch. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, and yeah, and what some of our listeners might not know yet is that you're also working on like a series of classic reviews, kind of based on older media. Um, are is there something that like attracts you to like older media from the '80s or '90s or early 2000s? Um, so it's like, it's like a multitude of reasons. The main one is I'm very out of touch with what's popular. Uh, nowadays I am not on the zeitgeist basically. Um, I don't know what people, what music people are really listening to because I don't really, uh, unfortunately I think a lot of music right now is catered towards TikTok and I don't mm -hmm. use that app at all. Yeah. So I don't really know what's popular nowadays. So that, that's kind of a reason if I like, I, I go back to the older stuff because I know that I right. grew up listening to that. That's that's it's almost like comfort food in a way. Um, and then I, I, this one's subjective, but I also just think a lot of older media is just kind of better. Yeah. Uh, like I can't I cannot stand like the MCU. <laughs> yeah. I cannot stand it. Yeah. Um, so I'll like go back and watch like if I want to watch a superhero movie, I'm probably going to go back and watch like Spider-Man 2. Heck or, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, like like the 1989 Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, just because I'm like, this is like, it's got so much heart and it just feels better to watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There was something that was a little more authentic about them when they they seemed just like standalone things that were also trying to be okay movies. You know, like I feel like maybe that is what I feel is missing a little bit from the MCU is that like there's huge budgets with like huge actors and they're these huge movies. And then like the stories are like nothing <laughs> or yeah. they're nonsensical or like, like I saw no way home because I do, I have a, a love for Spider-Man probably because of like the Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man movies that came out when I was a kid. Um, and I, I enjoyed it for like the fan service. And I thought that's cool to see these actors together. When I actually sat down and thought about the plot of that movie, it was oh, it's all over like the place. A, abs an absolute mess, <laughs> like totally nonsensical. And it's, you know, the, I think the sad part is it's like, it didn't matter. They don't have to have good stories. 
Totally. And I, I at least I feel uh, vindicated in a way now that a lot of other people are also kind of being like, wait, these movies kind of suck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and, <laughs> like, I, and the corporate side of it, too. Right. This question of like, why is it that every movie that made like a billion dollars last year or whatever basically all came out of one studio? Right. No, it's the monopoly on it is absolutely insane. Yeah. And that's just where, unfortunately, where our media is headed. So it's kind of, it is kind of nice to like harken back to a time where it certainly there were media monopolies, but not to the huge extent that they exist today. And I, then what about the music side of it? Cause that's a big part of this series too. Yes. So a lot of same, same sort of deal of like, I just think it, a, a lot of it was better. And then when it comes to like, even like bands that, were active in the nineties and are still releasing music. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time their new music is like pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> like I can only think of maybe like a couple bands that I've been like, yeah, that new stuff is pretty decent. But like, if you look at like some of the bands that were like super popular in the nineties, like green day mm-hmm. and um, uh, Weezer yeah. is another one. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Green Day's latest album is some of the worst music I've ever listened to. I it's truly, I think I, atrocious. I think I stopped at like 21st century breakdown and I didn't really go beyond that. They'll always have a special place in my heart Green Day, but yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> no, American Idiot in, and and is like one of the greatest pop punk albums ever made. Like Absolutely. that album's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, their latest stuff's terrible. Weezer <laughs> has such a spotty output nowadays. Yeah. Metallica, say Metallica hasn't been good since the nineties. <laughs> like, it's Did mostly because like I'm a, I'm a rock and metal fan, and rock and metal sure. right now is like ooh, not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and like the the splitting off of the genres too. Like, there's so many subgenres now as well that mm-hmm. you know there. It's hard to find like a true figurehead of any genre anymore especially because the media landscape is like so saturized because of things like TikTok, right? Literally anyone can have a music career um, and anyone can have an opinion about who is the best at said music career. I mean, nepotism is absolutely a thing. (laughs) Oh, especially in the music industry. There are several famous artists' careers who were launched because of nepotism. Yeah. It's hard to come up organically, I imagine, um yeah. in this landscape as well right without already having money or someone backing you from the start um I wouldn't know I wouldn't know how to do that I don't think anymore I I can't even imagine <laughs> I don't I don't even want to think about it <laughs> did, your, <laughs> did, did your parents like show you music growing up like are you are you like a part partly a product of like the music your parents shared with you uh kind of yeah yeah, a little bit of like a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B is what I yeah, would say. Because yeah. it's like some of the stuff I listen to is totally like, you know, my mom and dad just played like the hell out of that when I was growing right. up. But my parents are not like that old. Yeah. Also. Okay. Like they're only like mid 40s. Mm. Um, so like I grew up listening to stuff like the Tragically Hip, uh right. Pearl Jam, uh Metallica. Yeah all that kind of stuff. But like a lot of the stuff I listen to nowadays that's from that era is like stuff that's adjacent to it. So like 
I don't listen to Pearl Jam. I listen to Radiohead. I don't listen to Metallica. I listen to Megadeth. I don't listen to right. right? So it's like it was kind of like I I almost went like I want to find the better version of these bands. <laughs> that's a great. That's like a great way to think of it too. Because that that's like my parents were the same. Like I always thought, and this I, Matt, Dad, if you're listening, no shade. I love you. Um, I realized that like my dad's taste in music was actually pretty vanilla compared to like when I started really understanding like music from the 70s and 80s and the, even the 60s like what my, my my dad liked the Beatles you know which everyone likes the Beatles what else was going on around that time um and that's you know to to find the artists that were like adjacent that maybe weren't getting the same level of like radio attention um but were arguably impacting the genre to the same extent right um, yes which is, yeah, sometimes you got to do that on your own. That takes a little bit of your, like your own research. Uh, I, that, that reminds me, I do want to mention, if my parents do listen to this, I do <laughs> like Pearl Jam, Mom and Dad. Pearl Jam is really good. <laughs> I wasn't saying they were bad. <laughs> Just that there are uh, other options. There are other options. Is yeah, what yeah. Like you can only listen to, you can only listen to Alive by Pearl Jam so many times. So. <laughs> and like your upbringing and stuff like you're from Windsor yes originally um so that one's that one's a co complicated answer <laughs> okay okay so I moved to Windsor when I was 14 um so I was I'm actually originally from Niagara okay. the Niagara region a small little town called Port Colburn in right the on. south of uh right on the right on the coast of Lake Erie yeah okay um tiny little town like maybe I think recently it's like 18,000 people yeah but when I was growing up it was like 12 wow <laughs> so, uh yeah. it, like you know new york's the city that never sleeps port colburn's the city that's in bed by nine o'clock at night <laughs> got um, it yeah so what it was was just yeah dad got a better job offer mm. so we moved you know 400 kilometers to windsor uh ended up and that was like right when i started high school so that was a bit rough uh but then I, you know, I graduated high school and I knew I wanted to get out of Windsor because like I said, I was going into computer science, the Saint, the computer science program at St. Clair is not great. And I didn't have grades good enough to get into university. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I want to get out of here. So I applied to a bunch of schools all over the place and Fanshawe was just the one that ended up looking the best. And, uh, yeah, now I'm in London, been living here for three years. How do you, how do you like it here? How does it compare to some of the last like past places you've lived in London? Uh, so it's just, it's Windsor, but better. Yeah. I would say. Um, <laughs> it's a good way it's, to put it. It's got like a better, it's got more people in it. So it's a little bit more diverse, I'd say than Windsor. Mm -hmm. um, it's got a better downtown scene than Windsor does. Uh, like it's not as run down because obviously, you know, Windsor had all that like really big, stuff with the car plants and that's kind of calmed down a little bit now and i don't know it's just like there, there's better restaurants there's better <laughs> food except for the pizza the pizza's worse <laughs> yeah windsor windsor has its own style of pizza right yes they do they there's, uh there's like a couple things they do to it to make it like their own is it like and detroit style pizza i 
I can't comment on that because I've actually never had pizza from Detroit, but what it is, is so from what I've heard, and this is like kind of hearsay, so I don't know if it's like, um, if it's actually true, what I heard is that uh, a family of Italian immigrants came off, uh, like, like came off in Windsor and they started a pizza place called like the volcano pizzeria or something like that. And they had their own sauce recipe. That place went under and the sauce recipe basically got like stolen by all the other pizza places so everyone uses the same sauce recipe pretty much um Ah. with like minor variations and it's really good okay Uh, like there's a reason everyone uses it and then the mozzarella they use on the pizza is like fresh made Mm -hmm. like there's a there's a factory in the essex region that uh that like there's a cheese making place that makes it and it's fantastic I once bought like a giant block of it. It is, it is without a doubt, some of the best, like this is the whitest thing I'm ever going to say, but some of the best cheese I've ever had. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then the big one that always freaks people out is uh, they, they shred their pepperoni. Oh, so instead of being slices, it's pieces of shredded pepperoni so that you're always getting pepperoni in every bite. You know, I think that's genius actually. It's, it is some of the most fantastic pizza I've ever had. <laughs> And nothing compares. And it is <laughs> it is so hard living in London because there is Man. no there's good pizza places, but it's just like not as good. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like what makes the pizza there unique is just like the ingredients being something that are so unique to that city. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's 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 a very Windsor thing. Um, but it's crazy. Windsor's like super known for its pizza. Like, I think there was like a North America, like best pizza in North America competition in <laughs> Vegas. And, uh, Armando's one of the pizza places in window and uh, Windsor got like third. Wow. Right behind like a place from Chicago and a place in New York. So, well, Windsor has to be on the map for something. So pizza it's, it is. It's pizza. <laughs> pizza and booze are the two big ones. <laughs> All right, Ben. Um, I can't believe we're already like almost at half an hour here, but I want to quickly do a quick fire uh, question round with you. Give the people a chance to get to know you just a little bit better. Uh, I've got five quick questions for you here. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Number one, favorite on-campus eatery? Um, Oasis. The breakfast is really good. The two-egg yes. breakfast. Oh, yeah. Um, favorite in Tarabang cover? Oh, uh, the geek issue last year with the yes. Castlevania cover. Oh, that cover was so cool. It's I'm a huge Castlevania fan. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's awesome. And I, I took it. Awesome. So. Love that. Um, is there a news story that you're following right now? Not necessarily for us, but just in general in life. Oh, uh, right now, I think the big one is the uh, the Keffels incident yeah. with the swatting that's yeah. the big one i'm following at the moment uh i know she just got all of her stuff back so very happy there but she's pursuing legal action and then there's also like you know the police department hasn't really apologized yet it's there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with it yeah lots to watch with that one um circling back best 2000s television show Ooh, best 2000s television show specifically yeah house, house md Oh, totally. okay. All right. I, uh, I'm not a huge Grey's Anatomy fan. House is the way to go. It. Hugh Laurie is, is, is a boss. I love that All show. Right. I've always wanted to go back and give it a try. I'm going to, I think I might it have to do that. Still holds up. It's good. <laughs> um, and lastly, what are you watching and or reading right now? Uh, so at the moment I've been 
watching Star Trek again. Ooh. I've been like, watching Deep, Sp- Deep Space Nine. Okay. Uh, what, like, great. what like era is that from? I don't so, know all the Star Trek lore. So it's it kind of ran side by side with Next Generation. Okay. It was made as like a spinoff to Next Gen. Oh. Um, but it's way better because it just it, it basically it just takes place on one space station and the, it just the situations from that and it kind of goes into because with other star trek media they're always like oh the federation is like the best not they do nothing wrong and this one dares to ask the question of maybe the federation isn't good <laughs> and um it's just really good my one friend got me on it uh so uh thanks mave Right on. Maybe we'll get a Interrobang Rewind review on that sometime. Possibly. There's a good chance I can, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll do some. <laughs> All right, Ben. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today and giving our listeners the chance to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Interrobang podcast. As always, you can catch up with every episode on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and subscribe to our newsletter to keep up with all things Fanshawe. For the Interrobang, I'm Hannah Theodore.